I'd like to begin the episode by thanking Benjamin King, Zola the Dog, Michael Davila, History Clarified, and Brad Galloway. All of these are people who have gone to patreon.com slash duckvtv and helped us out. And you can be like them by going to patreon.com slash duckvtv and helping us out. You get all kinds of cool stuff, including the full version of this episode, which we're going to listen to right now. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Prey, which is an immersive sim uh, developed by Arcane Studios and published by Bethesda Softworks for the PC, PS4, and Xbox One in 2017. Yes, you've got to pray just to make it today. Mm-hmm. According to MC Hammer. Of course. Uh, yeah. Second single. <laughs> uh, this episode was executive produced by Jack. Our friend Jack, mm-hmm. who we have karaoke with many a time. Yeah. And thank you, Jack. Uh, this is something I've wanted to get on the schedule forever. Or at yeah. least you know, since 2017. <laughs> since time immemorial. It was written yeah. upon the slates. It was carved <laughs> yeah. that these these boys my, would, would do pray. <laughs> my first my, my first word was, was mama. And then mm-hmm. my second word, though, was boy by Akim Studios. <laughs> And took a while to figure out what Stubios was supposed to mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was adorable. You may have oh. recognized my viral hit uh, when I come on for the baby food commercial and just be like, this piece of carrots is poi by Alkane Stubios. <laughs> oh, that was you? Neat. That was me. I, I yeah. was the Alkane Stubios baby. It- <laughs> All grown up. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> the, and, the, uh, you know, I kind of off and everything. <laughs> I kind of I kind of knew that uh, we, we we would be doing this. I played it back around the time that it came out and liked it quite mm-hmm. a bit. And also we we t- we tend to like immersive sims around these parts, and they are yeah. they're, they're they're rare rare birds. They they match the format of the show really well. They do uh, because there's a lot to talk about systems wise. There's a lot to talk about. Like it does have a linear narrative, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it's not just systems and stuff like that. Um, I also found. That my second time around playing this, I actually liked it a bit more because I knew what to expect. Same. Like knowing the systems and kind of knowing uh, what foot you're supposed to be on mm-hmm. in this game actually was like very helpful. Yeah. Uh, my my second playthrough of this was a joy front to back. Like I, you know, even the there are things that I recognize that are not perfect about this. Like mm-hmm. I love this game. This is my favorite game the year it came out. Um there are things that are imperfect about it, but even those came went down really smooth. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I knew about them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, and the, the, the pacing is weird too. <laughs> like yeah, when, yeah. You, when you know what the shape of the game is, that helps you kind of, uh, uh kind of get, uh, get to the next thing. Cause you're kind of anticipating. And that's not something that people talk about a lot. Like it's hard mm-hmm. to evaluate a game that is better on the second time because most of the people that you're talking to, like the, uh, you know, the primary audience for this kind of content will be people, will be people who played it zero to one times, you know, yes. and you don't want to uh, be basically saying like, oh, the second time around this really goes. You're basically saying it gets fun after 20 hours. <laughs> exactly. Like th- this isn't uh, if you didn't like the first time, you won't like the second time. Right. If you did like the first time, you might like the second time more. Yeah. You know, which is its own classification. And mm-hmm. there, there are plenty of games like that. I actually find that to be true for a lot of games. Yes. It's a weird way that like spoilers are important, but also who gives a shit? You know, <laughs> right. actually knowing in advance actually helps a lot. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. many situations. Yeah. And um, we should uh, probably, I forgot to put this in the notes, but this is a, a premium episode. So we're going to talk a lot about the generalities and the way systems work together. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. the patrons are going to get the full story kind of uh, kind mm-hmm. of beat by beat. Including the incredible twist ending that you Ooh, won't believe. Yeah. Uh, so in this game, you play as a character named Morgan Yu, uh, a lead researcher on a space station named Talos One that has been taken over by these shape-shifting aliens called the Typhon. Yes. Named uh, after... There's more to it than that, but that's your... Yeah, that's yeah. Your that, that's kind of your, uh, your, your, your log line uh, for, for a lot of it. Typhon, named after the father of monsters uh, from, uh, for, from Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Mr. Lilith. Mm-hmm. Mr. Lilith has entered the chat. Um, <laughs> and this is very much uh, was developed as and plays exactly like and is clearly mm-hmm. a spiritual successor to System Shock 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is essentially, you know, the same way that Dead Space is basically System Shock 3. This is also basically System Shock 3. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, in more in the genre. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, mechanically, this has an awful lot to do with it. It is both a refinement and an expansion on a lot of what was happening in that. You know, I Mm -hmm. mean, obviously, this is an immersive sim and System Shock was a foundational, foundational work in that uh, in in that genre. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, as somebody who didn't necessarily care for System Shock 2, I would say play Mm -hmm. this. (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely easier to play yeah it is weird that it ends with morgan putting on a pair of sunglasses and saying bite my taint you know into the aliens while kicking them out of an airlock like they they kept that system shock two energy yeah not the uh my wife (laughs) they they kept that kind of energy to it but other than that it's a vast improvement yeah no uh but Um, you know that this is a first person immersive sim you know plays like a first person shooter but you're kind of navigating this persistent and open space going through different wings of the space station exploring offices and apartments and stuff like that uh using weapons and skills to deal with threats and you know get through uh get into inaccessible spaces yeah uh exploring is one of the primary verbs in this yes Uh, you know immersive sims like this take the you know from a glance they look like a first person shooter but you are significantly less powerful Mm -hmm. and what you do is spread out over many activities as a as opposed to just just satisfying gunplay Mm -hmm. uh you know um this is a genre that is about player expression and freedom, mm-hmm. you know, so you are meant to solve problems the way you would like to solve problems. I think Prey does a couple, uh, not unique, but a couple really special things to, to emphasize that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which, you know, here in the notes is uh, 
you know, our, our equipment. Our equipment is uh, specifically tailored mm-hmm. to be a uh, a versatile tool. Yeah, uh, it is. The, the 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 space and the tools are designed around each other in this really um, uh, kind of integral way. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, starting with the equipment, I mean, I I feel like we don't need to talk about like, hey, there's a pistol and a shotgun, you know. <laughs> Yeah, there uh, there is. Yeah, yeah. Well, like the the uh, the interesting. So there's there's interesting stuff to that though, mm-hmm. because the uh, one of the things about how this leans into immersive simness is that you are on the back foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this, you are not very powerful. Right. And part of the reason why you're not very powerful is because the guns are just like pea shooters, mm-hmm. and the uh, shotguns are rare. And the reason why that's true is uh, diegetic. Yeah, you know, you, you can find audio logs. Uh, you can find security personnel complaining about that. Mm-hmm. It's because they're on a space station. Yeah, um, <laughs> you don't want high impact weapons, right. That will just blow everyone out of an airlock uh-huh. uh, and accidentally heat sig everybody. <laughs> um, you know, so you uh, you have these shitty weapons, and it's it's kind of part of uh, you being on the back foot and you just having access to what are primarily tools. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not primarily weapons. Yeah, uh, what yeah. you have here, it gives that kind of impro- improvisation, almost like diehard mm-hmm. feeling to it. Like you are a scientist. Yeah, you're not a soldier mm-hmm. in this. Yeah, the you, this you're is not a... either of those things. <laughs> oh, Wait yeah. for the spoiler. <laughs> um, for the twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're kind of in Gordon Freeman mode. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, the pr- primary, pr- the primary one among these tools, and I would say like this, this feels unique to me. I haven't seen anything. Mm-hmm. Like this that came before it, uh, but the glue cannon, uh, G L O O, uh, which will shoot these large ball blobs of solid foam, um, has a combat use. Like you can hold enemies in place if you uh mm-hmm. cover them enough with that good stuff. Uh, but uh, what you're primarily going to be using this for is to create new paths. Uh, it will stick yeah. to geometry in the world and kind of you know, pop out like a, like a glowing piece of that radical rock um, for you to uh, climb around and, you know, walk on as a, uh, as a path. And they're incredibly generous with glue, glue cannon uh, resources. Basically I never ran out of this. Yeah. They they give you tons of it because uh, one, you know, obviously it's a multi-tool, you know, using to explore. You're also using it as uh, other things it was intended for. Like you can use it to block uh, vents. Yeah. Um, Later on the game, you can jam up, um robot dispensers mm-hmm. with it you know there's a lot of th- things you can use it for and it plays into the the rigor of this game because everything is faster than you mm-hmm. like you get tons of ammo for this thing because the combat is balanced for you to be using all of your tools against the enemy including slowing them down mm-hmm. and once you kind of figure that out uh the combat clicks yeah or at least clicks for me where it's like okay now i understand uh, you know, I don't feel like I'm just getting hit without being able to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. I am meant to disempower this enemy and bring them down to my level. Yeah. You know, th- th- this is, this is written from the Atlas shrugged perspective <laughs> and you as the parasite, you bring, you bring the Typhon down to your level. Yeah. 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 And the glue cannon is government and regulation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the G stands for government. <laughs> the L stands for, uh, you know, liberty, not yeah, <laughs> liberty, my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, the kind of knock on effect of this is just fantastic level design. That's incredibly vertical, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense for a space station. You know, um, but there are all kinds of ways to get up into the ceiling, get up into vents, go down under the floor, mm-hmm. um, you know, climb uh, onto stuff you're not supposed to get into, yeah. which is Gary Nip. 
Yeah. And like, and ending up, you, you, you know, this ends up changing the way you look at the space and, you know, I'm evaluating it like a real place. Like, okay, this room is locked up, but air has to get in there somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe there has to be like a junction as there a panel that is out. Can I, you know, look through, you know, is there, is, is there a way that I can reach in and, you know, something that I like, that, that I like about this, um, is the, uh, the Nerf crossbow that you have. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a really, really clever item as well. Because it seems um, useless. It just seems like a little bit of world building because obviously these nerds on the space station are getting bored and it's fun mm-hmm. to shoot people with nerf. But uh the, these are a way to deal with a very annoying enemy in a zombies ate my neighbor kind of way. Uh, but also to activate stuff at a distance because they have capacitive tips on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can hit uh, hit buttons and screens mm-hmm. um, with them. That kind of uh, level design thing with the, the verticality and getting into stuff you're not meant to, because mm-hmm. this is the king of genres. Um, <laughs> you don't just get, you know, you get rewarded multiple ways yeah. for that kind of thing. So, like, uh, I'm going to get up on top of the, the natural facade yeah. in the Arboretum. Um, one, enemies aren't up there. Right. So it it is tactically useful. Uh, two, there are useful treasures up there mm-hmm. because uh, you know because three people were up there like having picnics and playing cards and grabbing a moment of privacy mm-hmm. in this space station, and so you you end up like you end up in these like magical moments where you're using the level design to get into places that you know obviously were accounted for. They're places you the player are supposed to get into, but mm-hmm. you the character. Mm-hmm. aren't supposed to yeah and you uh you get to see uh a lot from yeah. this like you're getting a lot of value from it like mm-hmm. oh like this is neat this is just a fake rock it looks pretty but it's fake mm-hmm. of course it is it's a space station oh man these two characters you know have this picnic here and drink a few beers and like everybody on the space station plays catch mm-hmm. i don't know if you noticed that but everybody oh, yeah. has a catching glove <laughs> uh, for some reason it's real big here um you know some people play catch and then sometimes you can actually figure out who it was like you'll uh-huh. go to a uh, a computer later and someone will be like yeah meet me behind the the mountain and let's at you know oh seven hundred hours or whatever mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's just so efficient. It reminds you know it's a Dark Souls thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's something we talk about uh, as being very beautiful in Dark Souls. Like yeah. you find an item, you get the direct information, you get the storytelling from the item being there, you get the power from having the item. Yeah, um, same thing. Yeah, you know, and exploration mm-hmm. is fun, but you know, different gamer psychographics. I think both of us are pretty similar in that. Like exploration for its own sake is not necessarily like a thing. <laughs> I want both. Yeah, I'd like you know? I'd like both intrinsic and extrinsic re- rewards, please. Yes, uh, I would like to be. I want to feel like the coolest dude in the world yeah. when I find something like this. Like, oh man, here's a secret place where people were, uh, you know, somebody hid their D and D clue. Mm-hmm. I just want to feel incredible yeah. for that, and and that's what makes gives me gaming good feels. Is uh, you know, doing something that is out of the way they don't have to do. And just uh, feeling great about it. Yeah. A good reward. Yeah. Oh. Um, mechanically, this is also assisted by the fact that this has a mantling system. Um, I love yes. this. You like you can mm-hmm. reach so much higher than you expect that you could. Yeah. It's always real weird when characters can't mantle in video games. Uh huh. You have arms. Like their arms are tied to their <laughs> side or something. Like I could mantle. Yeah. I mean, I'd be very um, bad at it. Like it would be really funny if somebody was watching me try to do it, but I could. Oh, sure. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be graceful. I'd break all my ribs. But I could <laughs> um, so there's other ways, you know. So the the 
you know, single unit of gameplay in an immersive sim is a locked door, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we talked about different ways to get through it. You can uh, go over it. You can use the dark gun to find a window to open it from within. But there are also other solutions uh, to this. Um, this being, uh, you know, of a shock kind of, uh, you know, shock suffix mm -hmm. lineage, you're going through and having superpowers. So uh, you are using neuromods, which we'll talk about later, to either gain the ability to hack doors or you can also turn into uh, a coffee cup. Mm -hmm. Like you can turn into small objects and crawl in through like the bank teller slot. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's just a lot you can do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Plenty of ways uh, around it. You can repair the door if it's broken. You can force it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. You, you've got you can to recycle it. <laughs> Yep. If there's you something, can literally recycle yeah. the door into its component parts, which you then again, not only is that cool because it get, grants you access, you now have component parts. Mm -hmm. You're getting gamer treats left and right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love those recycler charges. Um, but that's fucking incredible. I, I think that that you know the glue gun is like the premier mm -hmm. gameplay mechanic of this. Yeah, yeah. The recycler charges, I think, is a quiet uh, favorite, like the secret. Yeah. Well, winning it, thing in this oh ab absolutely not i mean and, and it succeeds in a bunch of a bunch of different ways so what these are uh they are um grenades that you can throw that kind of uh create a little void and what they do is they they, mm -hmm. they 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 suck everything in and then it will turn whatever is absorbed and damaged you know to zero hp uh into its component parts uh and they are uh deposit they, they're not deposited they erupt like a fountain of sonic coins um mm -hmm. in the form of uh very satisfying little material cubes i want one of these very I, bad. I want like one, one of each of these i want i want the cube i want the sphere that, that yeah. that's that's I want the organic one that oh. used to be somebody's foot <laughs> like the, <laughs> just, the, the, imagine the, just like a, a cube of flesh yeah it's fucking hellraiser shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but uh so not only does it give you that it's a really powerful weapon uh because mm -hmm. it works on you know works on enemies um you know it can backfire on you it's also really visually impressive actually like the weird like gravitational lens that it does is neat mm -hmm. too and just uh, it'll yeah. it'll open up new ways. So like if you don't have the power, you know, if you don't have the neuromod that lets you lift, you know, lift up the roadie case that is in front of this event, well, just back up and you know throw one of these charges there. It'll probably absorb whatever's mm -hmm. on the other side of it. With the trade off being you don't know what else is right there, so it might like take a valuable item and turn it into less valuable resources, right? Yeah, you can also if you are doing engaging in the crafting system in this, which we'll we'll talk about. Um, I'm actually you know in term we we're pretty hard on crafting systems on this mm -hmm. show. I'm a pretty big fan of this crafting system. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things you can do is oh I know what I need I need more metal. Mm -hmm. You know where I'm going to go. Oh wait, the gym had a bunch of weights. Yeah. You know <laughs> what if I just toss this grenade there? They're not in my way. I'm uh -huh. not getting anything by that other than turning them into something I can carry back to. Yeah, my my crafting station. I won't benefit from these broken turrets, but if I put enough of them together and throw one of these uh, recycle charges, I'm gonna gonna get a ton of metal and synthetic, right? Yeah, and and I'm gonna use that to uh, do anything. Yeah, like I'm gonna use that to shore my ammo. I'm also gonna use it to gain experience points, basically, mm -hmm. like allowing you to craft neuromods, which are the thing that we'll we'll talk about. That's your your character build system in this. I mm -hmm. think is like a genius move. Yeah, um, if those were just rewards that you found everywhere. You know, that would work, and that's how video games work. Mm -hmm. Tying it into the crafting system means that you end up in this loop where, uh, 
you are fighting enemies to get their material, mm -hmm. to get more powers, to fight more enemies, to get their material, to get more powers, to fight more enemies, to get their material, mm -hmm. uh, which is just like immensely satisfying. Yeah. And, you um, know, fighting... always happy to pull an organ or a tumor off of one of these Typhons because I know that's going to give me a neuro mod. Yeah. Or, you know, clearing them out of an atrium so I can get into the offices off the side because I know there's going to be a ton of junk for me to Hoover up. Yep. Yes. Uh, let's talk neuro mods in general. Uh, horrifying, horrifying yeah. things, not just like existentially, uh, for the way that they play into the story, but just like they're injected around your eye yeah. <laughs> and you have to hold it, it, it against your skull into your eye socket for five minutes. Yeah. It, it's a, it, it was one up in the Bioshock thing where the guy's like, Oh, cool. A syringe. I bet you I'm missing my arm and Oh shit. My hand, my palms bees. Um, and, and that happens. It's like, well, how could we make this harder? Uh, and grosser. Um, what's cool about these is that there is a diegetic, like these aren't just, you know, Praxis kits that give you your superpowers. There is a diegetic reason that this is also how you gain normal skills. Mm -hmm. um, because in the plot, these rewrite your memories. We'll talk about that a lot because it's important. Mm -hmm. um, but in the game, they break down into four categories or six categories, really, but one of them is kind of a broader category. Mm -hmm. uh, security, engineering, science, and then uh, these ones that are Typhon. Uh, that are based on the alien technology and superpowers. Yeah. You know, so like the human ones tend to be about like using your equipment and skills and stuff better. Like that's where mm -hmm. uh, repair and hacking uh, come in. You have a little hacking mini game in this. There's just a, it's like a little flash game where you have to mm -hmm. uh, move, a little, move a circle around some, some obstacles. Um, mm -hmm. And the alien ones uh, are psychic powers. Uh, and you yes. are, you know, like, well, what is happening is you're observing the aliens and figuring out how they do what they do um, and using the neuromods to give yourself those those the, the, those superpowers. Yeah. Yeah. Research is back. Yes. Uh, you know, from uh, System Shock 2 and Bioshock. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, the way this is kind of presented uh, initially is kind of a moral choice. Um, you know, if you take the alien powers, you're giving yourself bad boy points. Mm -hmm. Um, this is fake. And this is something I think that arcane messes with. And that I get frustrated that gamers don't pick up on. Yeah. Uh, because it, it's a theme of dishonored too. Yeah. Uh, to me that, you know, bad boy points are fake. Mm -hmm. This game is very explicit in it. In dishonored, you take, you do the chaos stuff because you get a more dramatic story and mm -hmm. more fun gameplay. That's your reward. Even if things turn out more poorly for your characters mm -hmm. in this, the game is explicitly saying that shit doesn't actually matter. Mm -hmm. Like we're going to contrast, you know, this gameplay choice that is about good, good boy and bad boy points with actual game boy choices or game boy <laughs> gameplay uh, choices uh, about human lives and morality. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you wasting your time thinking about whether it's bad to do a neuro mod? Like, as opposed to <clears throat> spending your time, like, should I save these people? Yeah. Or should I go get this medicine for this person who's dying, like my mm -hmm. former lover or whatever? Yeah. Um, it's contrasting those on purpose. Mm -hmm. It takes a long time to understand that. Yeah. And no. the game swerves you towards thinking the Typhon, Typhon stuff is bad boy points. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's it's very intentional. It's an intentional misdirect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are gameplay ramifications for this. Like the Typhon powers are very power. You know, they're they're powerful. Uh, they're efficacious. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I should, I should say, um, and mm -hmm. to balance that out, they end up being just on the whole more expensive. Uh, you do have mm -hmm. to research them. You have the, um, you have the psychoscope, 
um, that you have to research things multiple times in order to, uh, you know, unlock and even like uncover the fact that these powers exist for you. Um, but as you add more kind of alien matter to your, you know, to, to, to your body by using these Typhon neuromods, eventually the turrets that are around will start recognizing you as an alien and firing on you. That's not that big of mm-hmm. a deal. Um, the, the bigger deal is the nightmare, uh, which is yes. this kind of nemesis like thing, which if you are incredibly loaded up with Typhon neuromods will show up and will hunt you um you know for three minutes and then leave the uh the nightmare we'll, we'll talk about the nightmare at length of course mm-hmm. the interesting thing about that is that the uh the game tells you that the more you use those neuromods the more the nightmare comes mm-hmm. um this is not strictly true but i think it's what the characters think yeah um yeah. the actual way this plays out in gameplay is actually pretty interesting uh the nightmare will always show up um if you're using a lot of those mods it shows up uh, at different times during a level. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you are going pretty light on that, it will oftentimes show up when you have an easy escape. Mm-hmm. If you're going pretty heavy on the Typhon Neuromods, it will show up when you're pretty deep in a level yeah. and have a long way to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, or like when you're in the middle of doing something. Yeah. So it, it shows up at less opportune times. Mm-hmm. And also it uh, has an easier time finding you. Like it's AI yes. will pathfind to you more quickly than if you're... Um, then if you're just running around like a, like a good boy human, you know, doing, yeah. bo- doing boring stuff, like slowing down time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like slowing down time or like, uh, you know, jumping, uh, mm-hmm. 10 feet up in the air. Yeah. Um, or putting a big the, needle in uh, your brain to understand that you can use a backpack dummy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what if a briefcase was bigger? Um, <laughs> The uh, the nightmare is not a total success or anything either. Like we'll talk about that later. It, there's obnoxious things to the nightmare. Yeah. It's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, so enemies in this game. Um, the basic enemy is a mimic. That's another kind of unique selling point mm-hmm. um, for this. It disguises itself as an object in the environment. Um, this kind of leans into the system shock to ask horror of uh, the game. And there is an early part of this game when you're very disempowered, when mimics are still a huge threat. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is really cool. Yes. (laughs) Um, Just, you know, when you, uh, you eventually get the ability to see these and scan for them. Um, You eventually get to the point where they don't really hurt you very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, But early on, you know, walking into a room and seeing, you know, Oh, why would this desk have two chairs? Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, and then intuiting what that means is just an A plus gaming experience. That feels really good. Yeah. You know, like walking into a lab, not really paying attention, going into a closet, turning around, saying like, were there were there two wet floor signs? Uh oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, the, the, oh, that coffee cup is wi- coffee cup is wiggling. Is that because of the video game engine stuff? Uh huh. Because that happens in video games. Like this yep. reminds me of Fallout Three, where like the artifice of this being a game is actually hugely additive. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my my favorite Fallout Three memories is being in one of the endless subway dungeons and having a uh, Meyer lurk mm-hmm. uh, fucking up because of Gamebryo reasons and just splashing. So it sounded like something was spl- like it felt like amnesia. Like mm-hmm. it felt like something was splashing after me the entire time I was there. Nice. And just added tons of atmosphere. And then when I found the source <laughs> of it, it was just a glitched out model. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it was like, oh man, that it's, was it's, scary. It's still a cool experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's those scary still spend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Something that I love about the mimic um is, you know, especially in those early days, uh, when you're primarily 
attacking stuff with a wrench is that they they managed to recapture the feeling of playing the original half-life kind of those first couple mm-hmm. of stages where the uh where the head crabs are kind of a real big deal you know head crab and you know, these are designed even to look like them a little bit you know they're they're both mm-hmm. these bug-like things that primarily will attack by launching themselves at, uh, at you it feels like this feels like a very good you know like extrapolation on them you know on the head crabs but also like mm-hmm. recapturing a little bit of that feel uh for me yeah yeah yeah, with you where you are less empowered, like you are slower and turn around slower, and they are very quick. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to you want to slow these things down. You also want to charge your wrench yes. attack, which one of the things I wish this game I wish it told you more about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hugely important. Yeah, to uh, take your your slow swings. You are not meant to spam the wrench. No. Uh, in a half life manner. It's a good way guys. to tire yourself out, and and not do any damage and not stun any enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, you're supposed to make your hits count in with melee and ranged yes. uh, weapons. One uh, interesting trivia note, uh, the one of the preview builds of this, they didn't have the mimic uh, mimicry AI yeah. integrated. So they just rushed towards the player. So it just looked like a really shitty first-person shooter <laughs> with little monsters that ran at you. I could see that being <laughs> very unimpressive. Yeah, just like, oh, okay. <laughs> what, what about something in an evil bug, huh? You know? Um, but their actual impl- uh, implementation is great. Yes. Um, there are larger enemies as well. We're going to talk about those when we run into them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, an enemy variety in this game is not perfect or anything by, by any means. Like, don't expect uh, yeah, yeah. that. Like, there, are, there are cool enemies in this, but there could stand to be more. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Um, so there's no money in this game. Like we said, you know, we've, we've got this crafting system. Honestly, like calling it a crafting system feels a little weird because it's, it's, it's basically you have four currencies. You know, more more, more yes. than anything, right? And you find, you know, not just the, you know, the materials, but you also find the, um, uh, the, the schematics, right? Which yes. will let you, uh, which will let you make, make new stuff. And you find schematics for things that you wouldn't expect, you know, things like, uh, your, your neuromods and, uh, stuff like that. You can make very powerful mm-hmm. things, uh, with this. And we talked about the way that that powers this, but I think that is a really smart way to put an economy into a game like this, uh, which is to make everything potentially, uh, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I, I need one more, I need one more metal, uh, for this health kit or one more metal for, you know, I have, I have no ammo. Can I recycle my wrench? And, uh, you know, kind of assuming that I'll find one a little bit later. Maybe yeah. I do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and the, uh, I mean, the, the things that make this crafting system, you know, for lack of a better word, the economy in this game good are worth underlining because it's something that, uh, games do poorly all the time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, one of the things that I think, uh, that, that differentiates a really great game for than from a not great game to me is how exciting it is to get stuff mm-hmm. like whether it feels good. And the way that this game handles that is, uh, one it's totally transparent. Um, you don't have that crafting like, you know, I guess if I was making a treasure chest, I would use three sticks and a, a unit of metal. Mm-hmm. But in another game, it might be three logs only, Yeah, you know, for that. Like, you don't have to intuit anything. It just says, you know, this takes two synthetic, one organic. Mm-hmm. Bam. Mm-hmm. You know, health kit. Um, two, everything can be recycled. Yep. So your stuff in your inventory, uh, you're doing inventory management, but imagine like a Resident Evil 4 where if you have something extra as opposed to waiting to sell it, you can recycle it or dump it on the floor and throw a recycling grenade at it, Mm -hmm. you know, to get this stuff. So everything is useful. Picking up a second copy of a gun isn't a bummer. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you know, because I, I got this extra glue gun, I'm going to take it back to my base and get some stuff out of it. Yeah. You know, and if, um, I, if I need to, if I need to drop it because I'm out of inventory space and there's something more valuable, uh, I drop it. And because of the back, the backtracking, I'm probably going to see this again later. Yeah. And if, if it's interesting enough, I will throw a recycler grenade at it. Like mm-hmm. if it, it feels like it might be useful enough. Yeah. Uh, and then too, the way it ties into, uh, you know, I mentioned this earlier, but the way it ties into uh, combat and your upgrades, the fact that this is so key to your neuromod economy um, is just really, really impressive to me. Like I took, you know, I ended up by the end of this, like I had something like 88 neuromods. Mm-hmm you know, installed or something like that, like just some absolutely unreasonable amount um, just because I was playing this game conservatively and was very, very well resourced. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I was able to just kind of like neuromod machine go whir. And the game is balanced such that it's pretty hard to get really overpowered mm-hmm. in it. You know, I just had a lot more options and uh, felt more empowered. Yeah. You know, I was more powerful, but not enough to break the game. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's a, it is a good system. Yes, yeah, and it ties in with so many other systems as well, which is mm-hmm. uh, you know like that 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 is a marker for a good kind of game to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there's more kinds of customization and upgrades you can do. Like you can pick up basically uh, rings, you know, like Dark Souls mm-hmm. rings. Uh, these chip sets that you can put into your suit or your psychoscope to kind of give you uh, different perks. You can expand the slots for those, and you can swap them out as uh, as you see fit. Uh, and you can also uh, uh, upgrade your weapons, um, mm-hmm. which will improve your uh, your combat efficacy. Yeah, just getting it's pretty it's a pretty simple system. You just up up your stats mm-hmm. on your weapons. Um, the uh, the chipsets are some of them are authored, some of them are randomized. Mm-hmm. So you run into a little bit of Bioshock Infinite's like, oh, I found some cool pants that <laughs> make enemies get set on fire if I punch them. Mm-hmm. You know, you run into a little bit of that silly shit. Yeah, but yeah. it can really change, you know, how you play. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the game, you will have a wide variety of these and you can tailor them to your uh, play style. Yeah. Um, pretty easily. Um, when you start the game, you get to select Morgan Yu's gender. Uh, this doesn't impact anything other than dialogue, but I'm glad that they, you know, added mm-hmm. the option. Uh, to this, I the first time I played through as Lady Morgan. This time I played through as Dude Morgan. Mm-hmm. Um, neither of which is, you know, it's not like a Shepherd thing. Yeah, where one yeah. is clearly a better performance. Like they're both pretty decent. Yeah, I've done both as well. Uh, I did uh, female uh, Morgan the first time, male Morgan this time. Mm-hmm. All of my notes are going to refer to Morgan as 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 he. Just understand that mm-hmm. it can go. Uh, it can it can go multi, you know either, either direction. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so just because there is so much like, uh, mechanical stuff happening here, I want to ask you, Gary, is there any, um, is there any like gameplay thing that I'm forgetting here that we haven't like spent a lot of time on, uh, that we want to talk about or want to talk up more or criticize more before we get into the aesthetics? I mean, one, one of the things that we just, we haven't talked about. Uh, a whole lot and that will be useful in the second half i think is the general kind of rhythm yeah of combat you know we're going to talk about those individual enemies but i do want to be able to say you know you get into some prey combat and then move on mm-hmm. yeah. you know uh so in a general sense um the combat in this game is uh pretty harsh towards yeah. you like you will take a lot of damage mm-hmm. you'll die very quickly yeah. you'll die very quickly and you uh until you like really upgrade uh, specifically like the shotgun, mm-hmm. you don't have a high DPS right. um, weapon. So the idea of the flow of combat is to use the environment and use things to your advantage. Mm-hmm. So uh, choke points, turrets, 
um, the glue gun, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to be using those sneaking. Um, yep. There is a stealth uh, kind of system in this game. You will do more damage when you sneak up on enemies. Mm -hmm. um, you need to be using all of those things. Yeah. If you are just running up to an enemy and hitting him with your wrench, uh, you will die. Mm -hmm. That is not how the game works. Yeah. Uh, you also get uh, a few different kinds of grenades that are useful in different uh, different circumstances. So if you're, mm -hmm. you know, like, okay... I have to deal with these uh, with with the, with these turrets that are blocking the way. Any MP will be the way to do this. Or here is a Typhon that is uh, the, the that has integrated some technology stuff. I can stun it uh, by throwing an EMP. Same thing with the Null mm -hmm. Wave, which uh, will disable psychic powers uh, when you're mm -hmm. going up against some of the uh, kind of more difficult phantom enemies that have uh, elemental theme powder powers. Being able to turn those off for 20 seconds is a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, that will allow you to run up and, and smack them. Yeah. You know, the, the, the way that you should not <laughs> uh, before that. Yeah. The other thing is that you don't, uh, because combat is tough, you don't have to fight everything mm -hmm. in this. We talked about that stealth system, but uh, it's an arcane game, so enemies don't look up. Mm -hmm. uh, which means <laughs> that you, you know, you ultimately want to clear enemies because you want treats. Right. But you... Once you are backtracking or going through an area for a specific goal, uh, don't fight stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it's like advice, but the game is designed around that as well. Like you yeah. are faster mm -hmm. uh, than than your enemies. Um, running past things is one hundred percent viable. Yeah, it or takes sneaking it, past. It takes them time to notice you and aggro, even if you're doing a full on sprint right in front of them. Um, yes. And understanding that and knowing how to read the little meter. Uh, that says whether or not they are sensing you, but also there are like multiple kind of nodes on it for like how close they are to, you know, going aggro for you. Um, mm -hmm. Knowing how to read that, uh, you have more wiggle room than you expect uh, for that. Oh, they, they can't climb things mm -hmm. like you can also hide yeah. just about anywhere. And that's without turning into a coffee cup. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you can lock doors behind yeah. you like you can you can close the door behind you you have a lot of options mm -hmm. uh, to get away from things um you know that is not just advice but it's also the game yeah um you know what what should jazz you if this game is going to click for you is the idea of bringing those options to bear against an overwhelming force mm -hmm. um moving on to kind of aesthetics uh this game looks and sounds great mm-hmm um, the music is super, super cool. The, uh, the opening theme that plays over the credits. Yeah. What's it called? Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely incredible song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, really, really good. Uh, but I mean, if you like, uh, kind of like old school synths that arpeggiate um, along impossible ranges, have I got a soundtrack for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you don't, what's going on with you? I don't know. Like, were your parents cousins? Like what, what, uh, what's happening? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the, the, the soundtrack was composed by, uh, by Mick Gordon, uh, you know, mm -hmm. the guy who did doom Wolfenstein, uh, but you know, all, uh, extremely good soundtracks. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, pre present here and in good form. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, incredibly good. Yeah. Um, the game looks wonderful. Uh, it is, you know, individual models and creatures. Like the enemies are kind of blobby. The people look fine. Mm -hmm. um, the coolest part about it is all in the art design. Yeah. It's all the environments. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's got that mid-century kind of like retro futurist look to mm -hmm. it um that i just love like the posters in this game are some I, of the the coolest i want those i want those so bad just like the abstract ones that are uh, like line art 
just colored line art mm-hmm. representing uh, just kind of like planets, um, you know, or eclipses or stuff like that. Um, all yeah. of that rules a lot. Um, it's uh, incredibly good. <laughs> yeah. You know, and something that I love, you know, in a game that has uh, that has an established space is like a, uh, you know, fr- uh, front stage and backstage. So like, mm-hmm. you know, places that are meant for executives or clients who are coming around, they're all very lush. You know, they've got like a good, you know, good paneling, but then like the engineers and stuff deal with like all of the, you know, the practical elements of living on us on a space station, all the network cable and the, and the shielding and stuff like that. Um, and yeah. get it, getting that kind of diversity of space and, um, you know, readily, readily visually apparent, not just function, but audience for these, for these individual spaces is really cool as well from an architectural standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, excellent design yeah. on display here. Yeah, it's also, I mean, in a hallmark of the genre, right? Mm-hmm. Like these spaces make sense. So like the area where people have to be to service this, it exists, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the uh, So really great looking. Uh, writing in this game is good as well. Um, I actually really like the uh, the story that yep. this tells uh, mm-hmm. in a grand sense. Yeah. It's hard. It, it takes a long time to reveal what it's doing. Yes. You know, that twist ending you won't believe that we keep <laughs> uh, referring to in a clickbaity way um, recontextualizes a lot of the game. Yes. Uh, for you. This is a much less straight putt than mm-hmm. initially seems. Yeah. Uh, and I think that also contributed to me liking it a lot more in my second run through. Same. I w- it, you know, <laughs> it's funny because like i played this you know roughly around the same time that i played tacoma and this didn't come out like too terribly long after um uh soma you Mm -hmm. know so like that like that was still fresh so having this triumvirate of games that are set in futuristic spacey kind of places that ask important questions about consciousness and existence uh mm-hmm. like like the, the this one kind of hit last of all of those and ended up i think suffering for it a little bit having space from that ended up being i think good for me and also kind of you know looking for the track that they're laying uh and being able to recognize yeah. the track that they're laying for uh for the twist and for kind of the themes that are being explored yeah, there's tons of foreshadowing in this. Some of it immensely unsubtle. Yep, <laughs> you know, as as towards the uh, the actual uh, the actual twist. But the the big you know the question asked the kind of like sci-fi idea it has at the center of it is something that's resonant with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that I think is a cool cool question and a cool thing to to build a game around. Yeah. Um, it also has uh, alternate history stuff. So if you're that kind of nerd, mm-hmm. uh, which I am, um, you know, so thank God Kennedy died. <laughs> uh, that's the uh you know that that old knickerbocker had to had to bite it because otherwise we would end up in a typhon nightmare yeah yeah you know but there are a lot of people from massachusetts who would punch you straight in the face for calling kennedy a knickerbocker <laughs> yeah try it try it assholes. uh the, like see, see if you can get over here <laughs> or uh yeah the state's on fire you can't actually enter <laughs> Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah uh i i i like that uh that just basically any story about uh it's like saving kennedy ultimately reveals that mm-hmm. would have been a horrible horrible mistake man one of the worst <laughs> things we could have done it's funny that uh the sci-fi is written by like weird history purist who's like no, no 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 don't save kennedy don't kill hitler mm-hmm. no matter what it will be way worse than now <laughs> worse than the holocaust oh yeah yeah way worse I'm like what the fuck man like no it's Stomp on him in the crib. He's bad. Yeah. He caused the Holocaust. It's why, you know, it's why we have that word. Like, get rid of him. You know? That's why we use uh, that word that way. Stop it. Stop it, nerds. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's just it's very funny that like, oh no, 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 don't change anything. Don't make good things happen. Yeah. Don't stop bad things from happening. <laughs> yeah. Very centrist. Uh, like time travel stories are incredibly centrist. <laughs> uh but Kennedy lived. He survived his assassination attempt, and uh, you know, the space race was prioritized and accelerated, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to the point where, you know, the Soviet Union made their first contact with the Typhon and it was kind of kept secret. Uh, and you know, by the time they reached the early to mid 21st century, this, this, this takes place in 2035, which is really mm-hmm. soon for all of this to happen. Uh, oh, yeah. which is, uh, you know, which is a nice little touch by the time we get Ten here. Hour. Like, it, yeah, it has mostly been like privatized and this corporation trans star, you know, is, is up there doing, uh, doing, uh, research and stuff. I like that the alternate history stuff isn't really played up. It's subtle. It's just kind of mm-hmm. part of the wallpaper. Yeah, it's there for you if you want it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the uh, so Chris Avalon uh, helped write the game. Uh, all the normal disclaimers about uh, his, you know, troublesome uh, problematicism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to get too far into that, but he is, res- you know, partly responsible for this. Mm-hmm. Um, the game was directed by Raphael uh, Clantonio, who is the lead designer of Arx Fatalis and then the then president of Arcane. Mm-hmm. Um, and this contains some Arx Vitalis uh, Easter eggs, which is uh, real pleasant to me as one of the few Arx Vitalis guys. <laughs> Arx Vitalis is cool. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah. Well, that was Arcane's first game, right? Uh, first game, I think, is actually Dark Messiah of Might and Magic. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, yeah, they, mm-hmm. did, uh, they did a bunch of stuff. This is one of those things. I was talking to Will about this, and it's like, man, this is one of my favorite video game companies of all time. Mm-hmm. High uh, high hit rate. Yeah, I loved everything this company has done. Yeah, that I've played. Um, you know, Wolfenstein Youngblood was even fine. Get oh, over yeah. it, nerds. It's not great, <laughs> but it's it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so like the story itself, you know, you, you can tell that Chris Avalon had a hand in it. Like it, you know, deals in a lots of uh, trips that he's dealt with in the past, you know, questions about identity, consequences for choices, stuff like that. Uh, though the broader, mm-hmm. the broader story was, you know, sketched out by multiple people over the course of years. Uh, they, they doubled down on the immersive sim, uh, central premise here in a way that I haven't seen before, which is that this base station is to scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically in, in all the ways that matter, um, which means that they populated it with a crew and every crew member is accounted for in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there are no just corpses. They're all people and you can find out where they worked, what department they were in and everything. Yeah. Um, not every one of these people are important, but several of them are mm-hmm. and you'll, you'll learn about them. Um, I've never played a game that did this. Yeah. Uh, it is not abstracting a population. You're not. Mm-hmm. You know, Final Fantasy one town where there's seven people who live here mm-hmm. and you have to kind of imagine that each will represent dozens. Yeah. You know, so you have a large cast of, you know, ultimately pretty minor characters, but that's really mm-hmm. important, you know, to understand, you know, like when you go to a new division, you can check in at the computer and you can see like a, a, a basically a staff role for the entire mm-hmm. division and like um, you know, there will be a check mark if you have found where they're at. Like you could go and find every single person. Um, yeah. You know, or there are probably some who got you know spaced, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it, it's not. Well, even the ones that got spaced, you can usually find. Yeah. Like they're they're, they're floating out there. You know, <laughs> you, you can go grab their cut their catcher's mitt. Uh-huh. They're out there playing space catch, um, like a rhythm heaven mini game. The uh, you know, and the, this idea of this like none of like a lot of them are not great characters but what this does is contribute to setting and verisimilitude Mm -hmm. 
you know, it it feels like a blue collar space station with a bunch of randos who work there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's each of these people aren't meant to have like a story. This isn't sigil, mm-hmm. right? You know, like th- this is this is a, a space station with yeah. like space truckers, basically. Yeah, it's space like yeah, it's like them. Alien. You know, like a, yeah. everybody on the everybody that you see has a has a role here. You know, yeah, love it. Um, so this the this has nothing to do with the twenty two thousand six first person shooter. Uh, there's a game called Prey by Human Head Studios. Um, that game is about a indigenous uh, person who goes onto a space station. Um, I like Prey One. Okay, mm-hmm. the uh, the fact that it takes place in alien zones is a big weakness for it because everything looks kind of anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool opening though, yeah. uh, legendarily cool opening. Uh, but this doesn't have anything to do with it. Nope. The uh, that was supposed to have a sequel called Prey Two. Everyone was very excited about it. It was supposed to be a kind of open world and have all these elements, uh, but the production just never went anywhere. Yeah, it was like an open world, and you were going to be like a like a bounty hunter uh, kind of guy. Look neat. Yeah. I followed that for a while and uh, was disappointed that it went away. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I think that <laughs> this game doesn't benefit from having the prey name. Honestly, they could have just called it Typhon. <laughs> they, they could have called it uh, anything. They could have called it uh, like Psycho Shock. Yeah, is, yeah. It was a working title that I saw mm-hmm. uh, a lot. Um, yeah, the the I think the title doesn't really help. Right. This the the thematic part of it is that you are. Uh, you, you know, you're the prey mm-hmm. in this. Like it, it speaks to that disempowerment yeah. that you're experiencing, but also there's already a game called Prey. Mm-hmm. So it 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 should have been called something different yeah. and probably damaged it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was continuity, like that started uh, development under 3D Realms, kind of got rebooted a couple of times. It moved to Bethesda. Uh, Arcane got attached to it uh, before like that version that they had announced was ultimately canceled. Uh, in 2014 and then uh the prey that we know the prey that we have here was kind of announced as a like a reboot or a retooling uh in 2016 uh with uh with arcane at the helm uh kind of developed alongside dishonored 2 mm-hmm. yeah. uh Antonio went uh directly for this wanting to make another crack at a game like arcs fatalis uh specifically in having a large interconnected world with an ecology um arcs geology arcs fatalis is a little bit like a like medieval dungeon immersive mm-hmm. sim uh you know he wanted to do that again but different genre yeah um he also wanted to kind of create something he called a chaos of systems where there are a lot of different mechanics that interacted in unpredictable ways uh this is all immersive sim you know genre standbys mm-hmm. uh this game has been called by some i know uh danielle uh Riendendo, uh, I, I, I mispronounced her last name, right? Uh, Riendo. Right? Riendo. Yeah. Riendo, uh, is like, this is the immersive sim, immersive sim, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is the, the apex of the, of the genre It is definitely designed to be, this does all the immersive sim shit. The, this you know? is, and you can see that when you read about its creation. Yeah. Like the, the, this is extremely faithful, uh, to what immersive sims were before, um, I think mm-hmm. that I, I think that I'm, I'm pretty on board with her, with, with her read on this because other entries in the series have been kind of streamlined. They've been forked, uh, you know, simplified or kind of more focused on one aspect or another. Um, yes. you know, um, I, you know, even Deus Ex, uh, was ultimately, uh, kind of made into something, uh, you know, a lot like this, but, uh, you know, you know, d- d- different. Than, than back in yeah. the day this feels like it has the most direct through line back to system shot to back to the original deus ex 
Yeah, De- Deus Ex Human Revolution has stages. Yes. You know, like you 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 go to an area and you can't go back. Mm-hmm. You know, you're this you have, you know, there are gates. There are little things you have to do to gain access to places later, but mm-hmm. you do eventually have the whole world. Yes. Uh, which is something that is a system shock early uh, thing yeah. for this. Um, the, uh, so Arcane kind of messed around having proc gen mm-hmm. uh, in this, uh, which, you know, thank goodness. They dropped that because <laughs> the level design is incredible. Right. Um, eventually, this became uh, what Moon Crash is, a game I am greatly looking forward to playing. And yeah. now I've given myself permission to because I replayed this. It's fucking shocking to me that you didn't jump on that because it feels like it feels like mm-hmm. the kind of thing if I like wanted to like catch you and like I just mm-hmm. put like if I need to bait, bait to put under a box. You know, mm-hmm. like that was propped up with a stick. I would just like make up moon crash and put it under there uh, and, it, and, and wait for you to go for it. <laughs> it, it absolutely is. The the <laughs> thing that stopped me was that it came out a while after the first game. And I was right. like, I'd like to replay, you know, replay Prey. Yeah. Yeah. Be- before I do moon crash. And then I just knew we'd do it for the show someday. Mm-hmm. So this is weird the way that this show impacts uh, game playing, mm-hmm. you know, in, in some uh, some unexpected ways sometimes. It's weird but, and uh, real. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's great, but it's weird. Uh, yeah, Moon, I'm looking forward to going into Moon Crash. Everything I've heard about Moon Crash uh, sounds really cool. Yep. Um, it is a, you know, you can't, uh, saves come through it. Mm-hmm. The uh, Neuromod skill paths are basically classes mm. that are different people. So, like, this part, instead of being able to just choose engineers, you can get the character who is the engineer. Uh, and you have this more specialized skill set, and that's that character's kind of identity. Nice. You know, as they move through. Yeah. Um, so story development for the base game took a long time. Uh, Cole Antonio, mm-hmm. uh, Harvey Smith and Austin Grossman kind of, uh, t- took a long time thinking through the, uh, the alternate history details, um, and kind of coming up with what the Typhon are and how they interact with the environment and what their individual ecology is like something that is cool about this game is that as time proceeds, as you, you know, accomplish your goals, the, um, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the Typhon are doing stuff. Like they're actually mm-hmm. like, you know, converting the the, the the station into something. And that is, you know, changing the enemy loadout in different places um, as yeah. uh, as that process goes goes around. Yeah, those, those strands and the flosses ends up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Avalone was brought in from 2013 to 2016, primarily writing for the NPCs, like doing the dialogue and then doing incidental text. So emails and such. Mm-hmm. Um, the release of this was pretty troubled. Uh, there were a lot of technical problems on PC, and Bethesda did that Bethesda thing mm-hmm. where they chose not to market the game um, and <laughs> did not send out review codes until 24 hours beforehand. Fucking wild. Um, yeah, just just shitty. Yeah. You know, dumb. Um, despite of that, like, you know, that's usually what you're doing when you're trying to hide a flop. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, even if they end up being great, like that happens with, like happened to like Doom 2016. Yeah. Um, it actually reviewed pretty well, uh, but none of you motherfuckers bought it. Yep. So if, if you're listening to this and you didn't buy this and you're the reason why we're not getting single player arcane, mm-hmm. uh, games anymore, uh, lick my bridge. It is, uh, it's <laughs> frustrated with you. Uh, I gave, you should have bought did, this. Did you give? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta give. <laughs> if you don't give, the system doesn't work. We don't keep getting these games. You gotta give. Our, our, cane, our cane can't, they can't get a grip on either end of this thing. You have to give. Yeah. Our, our, our cane calico cut pants.com. Yeah. You gotta give. You don't want the spigot shut off. You, you don't want it, like, 
I'm barely hanging on by a thread <laughs> at most times. You don't want to see what I'm like when the steady drip of single-player immersive sims dries up. <laughs> I will lose my fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. I don't just mean like a network sense. I'm uh-huh. not just saying like, oh, yeah, rules will get worse. Of course they'll get worse. <laughs> but in addition to that, uh, like, okay, almost. Just, final a, shit. A, a, more, a more holistic degradation. Uh, so is what yeah. we're saying. I, of I, myself and society. I, 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 I still cut out a lot of stuff about the faith that mankind divided uh, suffered. Yeah. You know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just to, yeah, yeah. you bring that up at like the drop of a fucking hat. Uh, yeah. I get yeah. so mad. And Dishonored 2 even. Mm-hmm. You know? That didn't sell super great. Yeah. No. You guys are fools. Like, they, 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 uh, <laughs> they keep uh, putting those together too and they're like, $20, two of the greatest games to come out in the last 10 years. <laughs> everyone's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> come like, on okay. man we'll, we'll include dishonored one and all the expansions there uh, yeah. i don't know Here, here's a unique genre we don't get anymore there's only like 10 of these games total each uh-huh. one should be a national holiday uh but you can't afford the 20 dollars. you'd rather go out and i don't know well i buy mean some some horse it's, shit it's not even that like something that is that that, that is true now uh because of uh bethesda's partnership with microsoft all of this is on game pass so yeah. like you like you can just you can have it just just you already have it, it. just you, we're just asking you to get to just play <laughs> like, yeah you gotta give uh so if, if you didn't do that before you are my enemy mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't mean that uh, you can't listen to the show it just means you're my enemy yeah yeah so don't mm-hmm. take it personally 10 hours dungeon yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, but yeah, absolutely sold like shit. Uh, they did, uh, they fixed the PC version. Basically PC version runs fine. That's how I played it. Mm-hmm. Um, they added an update that did a new game plus and then a survival mode. Mm-hmm. Survival mode is actually pretty interesting. It includes a lot of mechanics that were cut. Yeah. Um, oxygen meters, the original game. things like that. So. Yeah. I'm not interested in that, mm-hmm. but since this game is at least, uh, you know, 40% about privation and resource management, mm-hmm. I could see that being really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm the kind of person who idea. wouldn't play the survival mode in New Vegas, but I'm happy yes. that it's there. You know, same, same. I appreciate it from afar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a beautiful statue. <laughs> we already talked about Moon Crash. That was released as kind of a paid expansion, uh, and something that I'm really curious about messing around around with might be fun to do on a stream. Uh, is Typhon Hunter? Uh, that was kind mm-hmm. of the last big update. Uh, Typhon Hunter uh, is like a hide-and-seek game. Uh, one person plays a human. Another p- person plays a mimic. And uh, the mimic has to uh, has to hide and then uh, get the drop on the uh, on the human without being killed. Uh, that is kind of like a uh, an expansion of like a Gary's Mod uh, kind of game gameplay mode called Prop Hunt. But this one mm-hmm. is within the cool world of Prey, and you're a mimic. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Like, yeah. I, I even if I didn't play that, you know, because I don't like com- competing in video games, I would love to watch it. Yeah, because I'm sure there are some really cool strategies. Yeah, yeah, I, and I, I'm generally a big fan of that that kind of multiplayer. Actually, like the Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed multiplayer, the reverse Turing test kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I need to blend in as a as somebody who could feasibly be, uh, you know, an NPC in this game or an object in this game. You know, find a place for this coffee coffee cup to sit that isn't suspicious. Like that is all cool mm-hmm. and good. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a really great idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's going to be the end of this part of the episode. 
mm-hmm. the public part of it. Um, you can get the entire episode if you are a patron, if you go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. $5 a month gets you all of these, as well as a bunch of bonus shows and episodes early and access to the Slack. It's a king's ransom mm-hmm. of uh, cool digital benefits. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, you can just pop on and listen to this and pop off if you'd like. I'm not here to tell you where to pop. Yeah, it's a king's uh, it's a king's ransom of benefits for a popper's ransom of price. Yes, yeah, you can pop her off, mm-hmm. pop her on. Um, the uh, yeah, so so join us mm-hmm. there and hear the rest of the episode. Please do. Otherwise, we'll be back next week with the uh, with with the uh, dispatch episode for this month. Mm-hmm.